All right, who's to blame for this organizational failure that we've seen recently? Is it the players? Is it the coaches? Is it the front office? Is it Jose Rojas? Who, who's to blame, right? Hey, let's chat about that on Fan Mail Friday. It's time to get locked on with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. You can find us anywhere you get your podcast, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SiriusXM by searching Locked On Angels. And the best way to help us out is by giving us a rate and a review. And if you're watching on YouTube, we're glad you're here. Make sure that you're subscribed and click that bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. And today's show is brought to you by Sleeper. You can swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks. You just need to pick up to a person that can actually overperform or underperform you can download the sleeper app right now and use our promo code locked on and you'll get up to 100 match on your first deposit terms and conditions apply sleepers terms of use details you can check those out for all of the specifics currently operational in 30 states check out sleeper today is it jose rojas <laughs> no one got me what's going on everybody welcome to locked on angels where it's your team every day you've got the fresh brothers here with you aka the super halo bros my name is john and that's my brother mike and my name is mike and that's my brother john hey locked on everydayers don't forget to join us monday as we recap this weekend series against the rays that starts tonight at the big a the boys are back in town michael and they're taking on the tampa bay rays who are playing about 500 baseball right now definitely have a better record than us definitely a probably better team than us but hey can we take two out of three, please? Come on. Please? Come, on. Come on. Let's do something here. Gosh, goodness gracious. We need some we need some uh, support here. Hey, we've uh, we've got a ton of voicemails today for Fan Mail Friday. So we uh, jumped into the uh, the voicemail line, got your uh, messages from you, and we're very happy that you did that. Let's go to our first voicemail, Jeff from Houston. Here we go. Hey, John and Mike. This is Jeff from Houston, Texas. Lifelong Angel fan, uh, grew up by Anaheim Stadium, rode my bike by the, there on the river trail when I was a kid. Lots of ups and downs throughout the years you guys mentioned. Uh, this is a, one of those soul-crushing years, too many ups and downs. My problem is I don't see that players are the solution. Uh, we bring players in, the wheels fall off when they come here, and uh, perfectly good players. I think it's a culture thing, and I think there's stuff in the front office, coaching all the way down. Uh, and I'm just wondering what your take is on uh, the turnaround this offseason, players versus uh, a culture. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your honesty and your positivity. That's what keeps me coming back. Take care, guys. Bye. Jeff from Houston, calling from enemy territory out there in Houston, Texas. <laughs> Thanks for your voicemail, my friend Mike. He's got a question about – this, this organization, is it a culture thing? Is it from the top down? I mean, players come over after having a great season like Gritchuk and Crone, and then they come over here and they yeah. don't do well. Like, what's the deal with that? Is it a culture thing? Well, uh, before we answer that question, I did see a tweet yesterday that talked about the Dodgers. And the Dodgers had all these players that came over from other organizations, and they ended up performing. And the most recent one was Lance Lynn. Like, yeah. who would have thought Lance Lynn would have been the guy that would actually be the ace of your staff? I mean, that's why we got Giolito, right? And so there's something in the sauce in L.A. with the Dodgers that the Angels just haven't picked up. Now, Jeff Fletcher had, had a really interesting article the other day about the front office. He said there has been an organizational philosophy, one that comes from the top, in quotation marks, of baseball operations, not from Matt Wise, but from 
the top and, and, and players insisted the one of the things that they were communicating was concentrating on more spin, more velocity, more movement instead of command and working through game situations. That was specifically to the pitchers. And Johnny, I just wonder if that actually gets in the way. I, I wonder if that actually causes problems. Like when you have specific people that you've put in charge of your pitching staff, Matt Wise, as an example, when you have people like, Benji Gill, when you have Marcus Timms, you bring them in and you want them to actually implement something. And if <laughs> as, the boss, <laughs> as the boss, you, you hire them because they're good at what they do. Now, obviously you give them some parameters and the vision of the organization, but it, I think what Jeff is, is high-fiving here, John, is that it seems like they just want robots to come mm. in instead of allowing these guys to, to do their job. And, you know, this year with the pitching staff, there's been this lack of shift, right? Like the shift isn't there anymore. And there's been uh, an emphasis on more strikeouts. Now, I don't know if that gets Matt Wise specifically off the hook. <laughs> I know, but, that's what I'm thinking too. <laughs> but doesn't this, doesn't this speak to like maybe some dysfunction and disorganization in the org? Yeah, because there, there's no cohesive conversation happening, Mike. There's no like cohesive or consistent right. philosophy, or at least it's very short-sighted if if this is, hey, this is what we're going to do. This is what we want you to emphasize. Here we go. Yeah. So, I mean, is it, does this make it wise versus the front office here? Like, is that what's happening? Right. Feels um, like it. Detmers was quoted saying that, you know, the reason he did so good the other night was the approach was going deep into the game. The mindset was, I need to get seven innings. I need to get eight innings. Like, Shouldn't that always be right? Why wouldn't that be right? Why wouldn't that be the thought? (laughs) Well, and and here's more from that article. It says each day the pitching plan is the product of the work of five to 10 people, including the pitcher, one or two catchers, wise Bill Hessel and a number of analysts. The results of that plan. Some people suggest is often too inflexible, not allowing for the myriad of ways situations can change during a game. A handful of angels pitchers are not allowed to shake off the catcher. The pitcher said this Mm. speaks volumes to Mm. me. You've got, You've got dysfunction. You've got like, yeah. hey, here's the game plan. Stick to it. Baseball's a game of nuance. You can't stick right. to a, a plan right. on paper and think that everything's going to work. And, and here's the thing, Mike. All the talent in the world, as proven by the Mets and the Padres this year, yeah, that doesn't matter if you don't have cohesion, right. if you don't have a strong philosophy from the top down. You could, you could sign all the million-dollar players you want. It doesn't help. If yeah. you don't have a cohesive uh, conversation happening, so I think I think uh, I think that Jeff is really onto something. Right, uh, Jeff's right. In short, the answer is Jeff. You're right. <laughs> yes, correct. <laughs> hey, let's go to our second voicemail of the day. Hey guys, this is uh, Ruben from Simi Valley. I uh, had a quick question. Um, Buddy and I were talking about the Angels to Ford Trout and Otani, and uh, life was good. We were making the playoffs every year. We put out a good team consistently. Did the pressure of having the best player in the world make us lose our identity? Did that become like a hurdle that the Angels couldn't get over? The hurdle of trying to win with the best player in the world, trying to get them to the playoffs? Because I can see a world where Otani leaves and the Angels immediately become successful again. Maybe that's what this organization needs, just get that pressure off of us and become a winning ball club again. I don't know. Uh, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. 
Y'all have a good day. Ruben from Simi Valley. Thanks for your voicemail, my friend. I think he has a great question, Mike. Like, what yeah. what was this team before Trout and, and before Otani, even before Trout? And mm-hmm. so let me address the time that we've had Otani and Trout. They, If we think back, the goal was always, we got to get Trout to the playoffs. we got to right. put a winning team around Trout. So you go out and you sign Shohei Otani, not only because he's a two-way phenom, but because he addresses the pitching problem. Like, right. he's going to be a starting pitcher that the Angels have long needed. But then... You know, he can't pitch for the second half of 2018. He can't pitch in 2019. He only pitched an inning and two-thirds in 2020. And then he goes off in 21 and 22 and now 23. But then Trout is hurt in 21, yeah. 22, and 23. So the, the the timing never lined up. But then you think about the time before even Otani and before even Trout. Like, talk about that. Yeah, the answer to this question is it's layered, right? The time before yeah. Trout and Otani is the Angels developed really good players. Weaver, mm-hmm. Kendrick, Ibar, Morales, before that, Garrett Anderson, Tim Salmon, Jim Edmonds, Darren Erstad, right? Mm-hmm. Like, And then they had a mix of veterans that they developed with young players. And these veterans were additives, which I think was strategic, right? Like mm-hmm. Torrey Hunter coming in, like you're not just getting a good player, you're getting a good leader. And then Vlad mm-hmm. Guerrero, you're getting somebody who's just multi-talented and i will always say he's the best free agent sighting we've ever signed Mm -hmm. because he came in and actually (laughs) performed he didn't fall apart like albert pools did and they honestly haven't really developed anybody since 2010 i mean Mm -hmm. trout's been there but trout was already a phenom right shohai's been there but shohai was already a phenom there hasn't been somebody that has risen from the rakes that you're like Mm, Ibar, ooh, Kendrick, right? Now, there's potential with Neto and some of the guys that are coming up Sure, only right now. Right. But between 2010 and 2020, I think they've really failed as, as an organization, haven't they, John? Yeah, 100%. I mean, it, it's the whole thing is an organizational failure. Where the money, the investment, the time, and the talent goes, you need scouts, you need a philosophy, you need minor league investment, you got to give them a place to live, yeah. <laughs> first of all. Yeah. You need a talented scouting director, and, and, and Mr. Marketing Genius, John Carpino, the president of operations, he's pushed the team to sign big free agents and not invest money the ways that team do, ways that teams do to be really good. I mean, it's a, it's a money-making machine, not a right. winning machine. And right. the irony there, Mike, is that when you win games, you make more money. So, yeah. I mean, they, they get all these big flashy free agents to bring people to the ballpark, but they totally neglected what makes teams good. And that's drafting, development, scouting, signing, uh, investing in the minor leagues, giving them data and information, all that stuff. The infrastructure has not been there. And I think Perry Manassian is just now starting to get to that. And if they win... The fans have proven that they're going to show up. You look at like 2002 when they won. Suddenly, we're a a team that is bringing in 3 million fans every single year. Even in the last 10 to 15 years, we've still shown up, right? Only in the last couple of years, the attendance has kind of dropped. But this year, it's actually back up again. And so, Mm -hmm. gosh, if you just went back to that philosophy, I can't see why you wouldn't. Then you're going to be able to actually make money plus really develop players, but perhaps they don't want to spend the money to develop the players. That might be the tension that's happening in that front office. It's short-sighted. It's make yeah. me money now and not worry about it later. And now yeah. we're finally at the uh, worrying about it later part because look at what the team might look like next season. I mean, they they piled up all the money from 2011 onward and and they said, ah, we'll worry about it later. And, and now we're in the worrying about it later stage. Right. Right. Hey, the Angels are playing the Rays tonight at 6.38 Pacific time. You can catch every pitch of the Angels hometown broadcast on Sirius XM with the SXM app. All you got to do is search Angels. 
Coming up on Lockdown Angels, Angel, Angels, coming up on Lockdown Angels, how many years does it take for a GM to really implement a philosophy and culture? We're going to talk about that, GM, PM, and much more coming right up. Today's show is brought to you by Sleeper. If you haven't checked out the Sleeper app, you should right now today on Sleeper. You can swing for the fences with Sleeper picks and you can win up to 100 times your money. All you have to do is choose two or more players that you love and decide if they're going to overperform or underperform in their stat categories. And if you get your picks right, you could win big. Entries can be made in 30 seconds or less and there are safe and fast withdrawals on all payouts. You can download the Sleeper app today and when you do, we're here for you. Use our promo code locked on at sign up and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. You should check out sleeper today. Thanks for making Lockdown Angels your first listen of the day. Lockdown Everydayers, join us on Monday as we recap the weekend series against the Rays. We're looking forward to seeing how that turns out. You know, they're back at it tonight, 638 Pacific time. So make sure you catch every pitch of the Angels hometown broadcast on SiriusXM with the SXM app, just search Angels. Mike, we got more voicemails to get to, so let's get to our next Hey, one. guys, this is Ron from Simi Valley. Love the show. Just an honest question. I was curious why you guys are so in favor of Perry Manassian. We know from Joe Madden's book that he definitely intervened with Joe Madden and how the lineup was set. That's part of why Madden was let go. We know that he's definitely intervening with Phil Nevin. Um, and then you look at Neto's been great. And then you have all of these rentals coming in and it's not working and the starting pitching is weak and the relievers can't be trusted. And the big, the biggest thing is the record. Like they finished 20 games under 500 last year. They're probably going to end up under 500 this year. So if we're analytics and we're going to live and die by the numbers, how do the numbers justify your support of Perry Manassian? Thanks for your time. Love the show. Ron from mm-hmm. Simi Valley. Thanks for your good. question. I think a good challenging question. First of yeah. all, uh, the short answer is, He's not Billy Epler and he's not Jerry DePoe. Uh, that's that's where <laughs> yes. I'll start with this. But uh, Mike, why why do we like and defend Perry Manassian so much? You know, he mentioned two things. He mentioned Joe Madden. He mentioned Phil Nevin. And I think that the reason why there is a lot of interference is because those aren't Perry's guys. Mm-mm. And I think Perry wants his philosophy to be implemented. The problem is he's just never really been able to pick his guy. So just off the top, that was the first thought that I had. Uh, he's made good moves. And he's made some bad moves and, mm-hmm. and every GM's going to have wins and losses. And Johnny, I think he's really worked well under the circumstances with Artie Marino selling, not selling, selling, not selling. And right. John Carpino saying, Hey, here's, here's the budget you have. You can't, you can't go over that. And I think under different circumstances, 2023 looks a bit different. If Artie sells, yeah. I think there's new management, there's new coaching, as I mentioned. And, and I think, I think that that's really what we're running into is he just doesn't have his guys. He's, He's drafted well. I think mm-hmm. we have to affirm that. And he's traded well. Didn't mm-hmm. necessarily impact us like we thought it would, but he's made some really great trades from some some pitchers that we were like, man, those, who is that, right? Like, And so I think he's made some really good decisions there. And, and Johnny, as we've discussed in, in the last segment, there's really an organizational philosophy that I think is pushing up against what was when Epler was here Mm -hmm. and what was when DePoto was here. And I think that there is some cross communication and not clear communication. And that's what Perry is kind of fighting against right now. Do you agree? Definitely. And, and, and regarding the rentals coming in and not working, I mean, 
all Perry can do is address what was missing from this team. And we yeah. all screamed for, we need more relievers. We need a first baseman. We need this, we need that. And he, and so he goes out and does that. And he also built the depth in the off season and, and they're all hurt. Like the yeah. angels have twice as many injuries as any other team. I know people will say, well, every team gets injured. Not as many as the angels. Like that's yeah. just the numbers. That's just facts. Like a GM can only go out and get the pieces, but the players got to play and the coach coaches, they have to coach. Right. And then regarding the record, I think, you know, when two of your three anchors are out for two thirds of the season, Trout and Rendon, and then they're out for two thirds of a season, and all you have left is Otani. Like uh, who, that, that, two of whom, by the way, uh, Perry's not responsible for. Right. <laughs> right? Also, <laughs> <laughs> but like last year, we pleaded Mike on this show for Perry to go get reinforcements yep. when Trout went down and got hurt, and and he really didn't. And that, to be honest, is a knock against Perry Minassi. And maybe they thought that they were already out of the race by by the time you know. Uh, at the same time, I think he realized it was a shortcoming, and he went and addressed it in the offseason. Yep. He stacked up this team with with uh, uh, depth that was sorely needed and should have worked, hasn't worked. But again, how do you deal with 20 guys on the injured list at a time? I mean, it's, yeah. just, it's insane to think about. Right. And and just, you know, to finish this conversation, Ron, I, I really think here's here's why I'm still in favor of, of GMPM. He hasn't been there for the three-year mark yet, and I think it takes three years to really turn a culture around. I think it takes three years to put your fingerprints and thumbprints on things, and I think that what we're finding so far is that he's actually really impacting this system, and eventually we're going to see the results of that. Uh, Johnny, who was the guy that drafted Trout and, and all of those guys and then was fired? Do you remember that guy's name? I'm, I'm blanking on his name. Anyway, yeah, I, I, I know who you're talking about. He, he was a great scout, and then yeah. they let him go, and then Eddie eventually— Bain. Eddie Bain. Eddie Bain. And then Eventually, Trout and Grichuk and Skaggs and all of the guys he drafted ended up becoming really good Major League Baseball players. They just, I think, pulled the trigger too soon on him. And I think with Perry, the same thing's going to happen with Zach Neto. I think Nolan Chanuel is going to be here. The guy's crushing it in AA right now. And so I think that his philosophy is going to start to implement. I wouldn't be surprised if next year is a much better year than this year. And even in the next couple of years, whether he's here or not, I think that we're going to see the Perry Manassian effect sooner rather than later and so i would say like that's why i'm in favor give him just a bit more time to really put his fingerprints on this organization and we're going to see great results we've got more gm talk right now in this next voicemail here we go what's up guys this is donnie from wisconsin uh brand new caller brand new listener i've been following the angels since tory hunter went there uh, he's my favorite player of all time so i know what's been going on um real quick real quick um david stern's Throw all the money possible at him. Get him to come over to the GM, shake his team around. He'll be, we'll be golden. Later. Johnny from Wisconsin, thanks for your voicemail. Mike, he really wants David Stearns yeah. from the Brewers organization to come over here. Let me give you a little background here. Former GM of the Brewers from 2015 to 2022. He was actually a year younger than, uh, uh, oh, who's the guy um, on the Brewers who got in trouble for steroids, took the MVP away from... Oh, uh, uh, Ryan Braun? Yeah, he's, yes. he was actually a year younger than Ryan Braun That's when right. he got the job. That's right. Uh, but listen to this, Mike. Okay, first of all, he drafted Corbin Burns in 2015. Back in 2021, the midseason ranking for the uh, Brewers organization was 25. This year, 2023, the midseason ranking, three. They wow. went from 25 to three for the Brewers farm system listen in 2018 stern signed lorenzo kane ulise chassin christian he he traded for christian yelich that year who got the uh nl mvp uh at the deadline they were in second place in 2018 so he went out and get got moustakis granderson gio gonzalez jonathan scope 
And then because of the Josh Hader move, which I told you was a bad move, Michael. They <laughs> I removed, didn't fire him. <laughs> they, they removed him from the GM role. And so yeah. he is still with the organization. But uh, hey, David Stearns, good move, bad move. What do you think? If the Angels are going to move in a different direction and not have Perry around here, Johnny, someone with experience would be great. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like what, someone what we've, we've been there before. What we've had with our previous three, including GMPM, is that they've been assistants. They haven't been in charge. And uh, I, I, the name Dave Dombrowski comes to mind, right? Mm-hmm. That guy comes in, and I know he trades away a lot of minor league guys, but look what he's done with the Phillies. Yeah. Look at how he's really transformed that team. They're in it again. They went to World Series. They're in it again, right? Yeah. And they might mortgage some of the future, but they really put a good team around him. And then the guy who was with the Red Sox is with the Cubs. And again, I'm terrible with names again, but um, he's now the president of baseball operations, I think, with the Cubs. He has been rumored as somebody that might be good to come over and be the president and maybe actually make moves for us. And I'll think of his name as soon as we're done with the show. Right. But uh, somebody's commenting right now. Thank you for that. Um I just think that somebody like that coming in, if you're going to make a move, you got to go get somebody with experience, somebody yeah. who can flex. You got to get somebody like a Bill Stoneman that can come in and go, here's what you do. You make this decision, make that trade, draft that guy. Let's go win a World Series, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, look, if 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 Artie ends up selling and the whole organization changes in the offseason, go out and get a GM with experience. We'd love that. Mike, we got one more voicemail here. Did you happen to find that name, by the way? Theo Epstein. There he is, Theo. Uh, you know what? This voicemail comes from like one of my favorite listeners that we have. I think he's your favorite too, Tracy from Henderson, Nevada. Here we awesome. go. Hey guys, Tracy from Henderson. Been a little bit since I called. Um, what is the difference between Phil Nevin and Dave Roberts? The answer is talent. If you switch those two managers, the results with the Angels and the Dodgers would be the same. So frustrating. I'm sitting here watching the game on Monday night. It's only the third inning. Sandoval has walked five guys. Trust me, Matt Wise has not instructed him to walk five guys. I watched Velasquez throw the ball away in the first inning. He's not being coached to throw the ball away. Um, we look at Freddie Freeman, 20 million. We look at Mookie Betts, 27 million. We look at Anthony Rendon, 38 million. That is really eye-opening, and that is not an on-the-field problem. That's an off-the-field problem, and I understand it's not Perry. Perry inherited Rendon. But if you take the $30 million that Shohei is making this year and the $38 million that Rendon is making, and if you can combine that, you could lock up Shohei for a long time. Really frustrating from a long-time Angel fan. Thanks, guys. Tracy from Henderson, Nevada. That's Thanks good. for your voicemail, my friend. Man, he's he's gonna make me cry over here because you think about Freddie at twenty million, Betts at twenty seven. Rendon's making like eighty five percent of <laughs> of those two salaries combined. Thanks, Tracy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Tracy. Yeah. Um, Mike, he, he brought up like um, the fact that like nobody's coaching Sandy yeah. to not yeah. to walk five guys. Nobody's coaching Velasquez to throw the ball away Correct. three times into the. Rangers dugout. And I, I get that. But my, my thing is like, who's putting Velasquez out there? Sure. It's Nevin. He puts him on the lineup card. Now props to Phil for sitting uh, Velasquez the last couple games because of those issues. And then who's in charge of telling Sandoval to go after a hitter and not nibble? Well, 
hopefully it's wise, but maybe it's the front office. Again, organizational dysfunction, organizational disorganization. How about that, Mike? Yeah, uh, trademark. Yeah. Uh, but prop, <laughs> props to Matt Wise for helping Reed Detmers find his way. So I, I hear what Tracy's saying, but at the same time, like, like where's the blame go hmm. when stuff like this happens? Is it the talent? Is it the coaching? What, what do you think? Well, he's not wrong. There is a very talented team just down to five, right? And, and they have a lot of great talent. Here's the problem, John. We've seen a bit of talent from Sandy. We've seen a bit of talent from Detmers. We've seen flashes of good pitching, right? And then stretches where they're where they're not so good. John, who's in charge of harnessing this talented individual <laughs> to help them to grow into the Major League Baseball that they could potentially be? Who's the person that's supposed to help Sandy and Reed Detmers become the pitchers that everybody expected them to become? John Carpino. <laughs> No, no, that's not it. That's right, not it. right. Matt Wise, right? Yeah. And so I don't I don't disagree that it is about talent. But where I would push back is is I would say I, I already said at the beginning of the show, the Dodgers have figured out a way to make Lance freaking Lynn into a freaking <laughs> stud, right? And so yeah. they they have figured out what they're good at and they're coaching them in what they're good at. And honestly. That comes from the top down, not Perry. That comes from Phil. And Phil needs to be on his guys. Phil, not just players. Needs to be on his coaches. He needs to be in their faces and saying, what are you doing to help these guys get better? I want to see it. If I'm if I'm in charge, I would say, give me the game plan. I want to yeah. see it. What do you got for this week, this weekend as we're playing the race? I want to see it. Write it down. Send it to me. I want to see it before you actually go and talk to them about it because – obviously something's not working. Yeah, I mean, and I think obviously like with the coaching, they they set the tone in the room. They're the yeah. one, like especially yep. Phil Nevin, like he's got to set the tone and and as the manager and and to sit a guy like Velasquez after the three errors or whatever it was, like that sets the tone. That right. that sends a message, but right. again, the the organization apparently from the article from Jeff Fletcher is all over the place. Yeah. with this stuff. There's no yeah. cohesive philosophy, there's no unifying message. There's Coaches are being told what to do instead of letting them be coaches. What a concept. But, Mike, I, I, I thought about Tracy's question, and I think the better question might be if the talent on the field switches places between the Dodgers and the Angels, uh, then what happens? And here's yeah. what I think happens. Mookie Betts and Freddie are stars, and stars like that get to be who they are, and they don't get told what to do. So think right. about Trout, Otani, even even Moustakis, yep. like nobody's telling them what to do. Right. Uh, young pitchers with all the talent in the world, like the Dodgers have, I think they struggle the exact same way that our angel starters are struggling. And then, you know, Velasquez doesn't sniff the lineup because there's a much better option down in the minor leagues that the Dodgers system pulls up from. And, yep. it, and even though we might not have a talented shortstop that like the Dodgers might have to pull from, like at least, Velasquez wouldn't be here if he was on the Dodgers. So again, yeah. I think I think if you were to swap the entire team from the Dodgers to the Angels, I think the organizational problems from the top down don't help the this the Dodgers talent, right? right? I think I think they make it worse and it really speaks to what's going on with the Angels. I think. Here's the analogy and then we'll finish. It's it's stunning Steve Austin in WCW versus Stone Cold Steve Austin in WWE, right? Like they, everybody said, he's not good. He's not this. He's not that. And then he, he literally changed his environment. And guess what? He became Stone Cold Steve Austin, That's right? Like favorite <laughs> analogy you've ever done on this show. Yeah. Stunning, stunning Steve. He had 
balding blonde hair and, and was flamboyant. <laughs> yep. Yep. And he shaves his head and grows a goatee and becomes the one of the probably the most successful wrestler of all right. time. You get good creative around him and he becomes Stone Cold Steve Austin, right? It does take a bit of his talent, but it also takes the people around him. The Angels right now, it just feels like the people around Reed, the people around Sandy, the people around this team are just not able to come up with a philosophy that matches how they're wired and how they're gifted. And mm-hmm. that's got to change. And I think what we saw from Reed Detmers a couple nights ago, we maybe tapped into something because Matt Wise was working with him. So good on Matt Wise. That's what needs to happen with this team. By the way, doesn't need to happen in August. It needs to happen in March and in April. In the offseason. In the offseason. Come on. (laughs) What are we doing here? Yeah, exactly. Hey, thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. The Angels play the Rays tonight at 638, and you can catch every pitch of the Angels' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM. i got to read like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, On the SXM app, just search Angels. (laughs) (laughs) Now the Rays, there's an organization that knows what they're doing from yep. the from the top down, right? You you think I know that we need to end the show, but like you'd think that Perry Manassian coming from the Brave system has a good idea on how to do it when he right. has been under Alex Anthropoulos's watch that right. time. I'm right? stealing all the guys from the Braves and the, I'm paying them all the money in the world. Get over here. <laughs> yeah. Come to the West Coast, baby. <laughs> Hey, give us a follow uh, on Twitter at Locked On Angels and at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. Mike, what do we have on deck for Monday's show? We're playing the race this weekend, and we're hoping for some sort of success. I think this is the opportunity for the Angels to be successful because the Rays are struggling. They don't have some of their big-name players. Come on, Angels. Let's get a victory. We're going to recap all three games on Monday on Locked On Angels. We hope you have a great weekend, and we're looking forward to having you back here on Monday for more Locked On Angels. Until then, my name is John, and that's my brother Mike. My name is Mike, and that's my brother John. Thanks for being here with us, and we'll see you back here on Monday. Monday.